How are we doing, Parkview? We good? Good, good. I'm glad you made the choice uh, to be here this weekend, whether you've been around here for a long while or you're first time coming back to church in a while. Uh, we are so glad that you made the choice to be here. And we are in this series called Insomnia. Uh, we're going to continue this today. And if, if, if you haven't been around the last few weeks, what we're talking about is just different things that cause us to lose sleep, uh, things that keep us up at night if you will. And uh, last weekend, just let me catch you up a little bit, uh, Pastor Tim was here and he gave a great message about worry and how sometimes we have worry invade our lives over family or finances or maybe our own health or something like that. And if you weren't here last week, man, I want to encourage you to go online catch that message about worry last weekend. And uh, for the last part of the message last week, maybe the last six or eight minutes, Tim just pulled out a, you remember this? He pulled out a rocking chair onto the stage. And he, it was so cool. He just sat back and he just kind of laid out his heart of the things he worries about. And you just kind of see that he's this real guy who has worries just like you and I do. And he talked about worries as being a friend and a dad and, and a husband. And he talked a lot about his worries that he carries trying to lead a place like Parkview. This is a big place, lots of staff, lots of campuses, lots of people to care for their well-being. And he just kind of laid out his heart in that. And, and I'm sure you believe this as well, but I'm so glad that we have Tim leading things forward here at Parkview. Aren't you? I mean, just an incredible, <clears throat> incredible leader, incredible heart for you, for this church, for this area. And uh, I'm just blessed to be alongside him. Uh, in this journey. Uh, today we continue on, not talking about worry so much, uh, we're talking about the future. One of the things that keeps so many of us up at night is wondering about what's coming next. Like what's tomorrow bring? Or what's next week or next month? Or what's next year going to look like? Or maybe have you ever thought about this? What will my life look like a decade from now? And we start thinking and planning and wondering and sometimes worrying about our future. And the good news is there's all different kinds of verses in the Bible that give us good insight into our future and the plans that we should be making towards that. If you've been around church for a while or maybe not even been around church much at all, there's one really famous verse. It's in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, Plans to give you a hope and a future. Everybody say future. future. To give you a future. This, this is a cool verse right here because it states very clearly in the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God knows the plans he has for us. It, it says it right here. It says, for I know, God knows the plans I have, declares the Lord. And that should give you confidence. That should make you excited that there's a God up in heaven who actually knows what your future looks like. But if you're anything like me, and you've been walking with Jesus for a while, you've been a Christian for a while, deep down inside of you, you're so glad that God knows his plans for you. But if you're anything like me, you start thinking sometimes, God, I know and I'm glad that you know those plans. Are you with me? But is there any way you could possibly let me know about your plans for my future? 
right? We want to rewrite the verse, for I will let you know the plans I have for your future. That's what we oftentimes wonder in our lives. And here's maybe what you're thinking today. Todd, listen, is it really even possible to know God's specific personal plans for our lives? Maybe you've been through these different scenarios in your life. Let me just give you a few of them. Maybe you've thought, you know what, God, I really, really believe that you want me to go to this college and go into this career and this field for work. I really believe that, but I, I, I'm not certain. Is that just what I want or is this really where you're leading me? Maybe you've been in that phase of life or you're there right now. Maybe you've been in this phase of life, guys and girls. Man, I really feel like I need to marry him. I want to marry her so bad. I'm so in love with her. And I really feel like, God, that's where you're leading me. But I honestly, I'm not sure. Is that just my heart? Is that just my emotion? Or God, is this really you? Is this your best plan for my life? Or maybe you've been in a situation, God, I really feel like we need to sell our house and move to another part of the city or to another part of the country. And, and I really feel like that. But honestly, I don't know. I don't know if this is really what you want, God, for me and for my family, or if it's just my heart and my emotion or me getting ahead of things. I really feel like we should sell a business, God, or start a business or whatever it may be. Here's what I want to say to you, Parkview. The God's plan for your life, God's purpose for your life is not like the spiritual equivalent of a needle in a haystack that only really special people, really spiritual people find. You're saying, Todd, are you saying it's possible for me to know God's specific personal plans for my life? And I'm saying to you today, yes, absolutely it is. And I'm going to do my very best today. In about the next 20, 25 minutes, we're going to go on this journey together. And I'm going to show you, young or old, male or female, I'm going to do my best to show you how you can know God's personal, specific plans for your life and have confidence. This is really where I think God is leading me. So if you're a note taker, I want you to get out something to take notes with, some paper, your, your, uh, your iPad, you know, your smartphone, whatever. If you're not a note taker, you don't take notes very much, Take some notes today, okay? Because, listen, I promise you, these are going to be some things you're going to want to know for the future. So write these down on a program or on your arm or on your friend's arm or whatever. But you're going to want to know these things for yourself or your, or your kids or your grandkids in the future. Here's what I want you to see. In the Bible, whenever it talks about the plans of God, it falls into one of three categories, okay? God's purpose, God's plans, God's will. First of all, there's God's providential plan. Secondly, there's the personal plans, the more specific plans, more for our lives. And then there's his moral plan. Whenever you read the Bible, God's plans and purposes fall into these three categories. And these are what we're going to kind of unpack today. But here's what I want to do. I want you to write these down. Then I want to put an image into your mind that we can build around today. First of all, let's start with personal plan because that's kind of what we want to know, right? And let's just kind of make a road right here. Put some guardrails on it. And inside here, in the middle of the road, in the middle of the path, is where God's personal plan for us is, his, his best plan, his best idea for our lives. 
But over here on this side of the road would be a providential guardrail. And over on this side of the road would be God's moral plan, which would be another guardrail. So, so you see here, as you're wanting, as I'm wanting to find God's personal specific plan for my life, notice that his personal plans for you, his best plan for you, is sandwiched in between his providential plans and his moral plans for our lives. And the only way for you and I to discover God's best and his most specific is to get inside those guardrails. And so that's where we want to go today. That's what we want to unpack and understand today. So let's begin by looking at this left-hand guardrail, his providential plans. The providential plans of God in the Bible are kind of like the mind of God. These are the things that God has decided that he's going to do whether we want him to do them or not. We're not voting on this. These are just things God says I'm doing these things in the world. Now, let me give you a few examples. There's lots of them in the Bible. Remember, this is the one-side guardrail that we need to understand and get inside, God's providential plans. For instance, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5 talks about that God would send his son Jesus from heaven to earth. If you read through that passage, it says this, at just the right time, God sent his son Jesus to this earth. Now, when it comes to that right time, guess what? We didn't get to vote on that, right? Did any of you get to vote? No. Nobody alive during that period got to say, you want it to be now? You want it to be five years from now? Would you all like him to come back now? We didn't. That was not part of our deal. That was God's providential plan. He was going to do it when he was going to do it, whether we wanted him to or not. It's part of the mind of God, the providential plans of God. How about this one? Psalm 22, 16 through 18 talks about Jesus dying on the cross. This is something that's in the mind of God. Psalm 22, this is hundreds of years, centuries before Jesus actually died on the cross. This is the Old Testament of the Bible. Jesus isn't on the cross till the New Testament of the Bible. Hundreds of years passing between there, but God had already decided before Jesus ever came to earth that he would give his life on a cross. It wasn't like, hey, do you want him to die like this? Do you want him not to die? No, no, no. This is the providential plan of God and we have to understand in order to to understand his specific plans for us hang with me here you have to understand what he's up to in the world today or take a look at this one Revelation 19 11 Jesus will one day return somebody say amen one of these days he's coming back do we know when he's coming back no do we get to vote on that does Parkview do we get to put in a ballot and all the other churches around the country here's when we think he should return it should be now you know all, all the people who are just getting engaged I think he should you know return as soon as I get married right after he gets married just let me have my honeymoon and then he can return no we don't get to vote on that you don't get to vote on that that this is the mind of God this is the, the providential mind of God Jesus is going to return one day and then finally what about this one Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 one way we, j- day we will be judged for our deeds one day, every one of us, the Bible says, is going to stand before God in heaven. And how many of you know if you've accepted Jesus into your life, you're not going to be judged for your sins, amen? Because he's taken those away on the cross, and those are gone, and those are removed. But we're going to stand before God one day and be judged for our deeds, and he's going to reward us for all the good things that we have done. And maybe you're thinking right now, I don't, I don't know, Todd, I don't know if I want to stand. I mean, that's kind of scary. I don't know if I want to stand before God someday. And you know what I would say to you? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you want to or not. 
You don't get a choice on this. This is the providential mind of God. This is what he is doing in this world. And God's providential plans have nothing to do with our obedience, our desires, our faith. It's just what he's up to. And that's the one first guardrail that the Bible talks about in his plans for this world. Now let's look at the far side guardrail, the other one, which would be his moral plans. So again, over here you have the first guardrail we talked about, his providential plans. This right here would be his moral plans, right? It's the other guardrail. God's moral plans are like the heart of God. All throughout the Bible, God gives us little ways that he wants us to live our daily lives. Whether you're young or old, male or female, in church a lot or just a little bit, he gives us all these principles on how we should live our daily lives. These are the heart of God, the moral plan of God for our lives, and we need to get inside of those things. Let me give you just a few examples of those today. Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. So part of his moral plan is that we would speak truthfully. Don't, don't spread lies. Don't go around spreading rumors, right? This is just part of God's plan. You know this. This is how he's asked us to live our lives. Or what about this? Proverbs twenty nineteen: a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid a man who talks too much. Avoid gossip. That's part of God's moral plan for our lives. Don't be gossiping about people in your junior high. Your high school, your, your workplace, your, your neighborhood, your family. Just don't, don't do that. That's outside the bounds of God's moral plan for our lives. Avoid gossip. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. Someone else, not your own lips. We should live humble lives, right? Don't toot your own horn, right? You don't have to tell everybody how awesome you are. Okay, just let them figure that out over time. Let them, you know, do that for you. Live humble lives. That's part of God's moral plan. He's already told us that. Or what about this one? Proverbs 29, 11, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Avoid anger. Don't, don't be the type of person who just at any thing, big or small, is just flying off the handle, you know, letting people have it. Well, God made me this way, so I'm just going to let them have it. No, no, no. The, the Bible says, listen, part of God's plan is that you would avoid anger, that you would, you would lessen that anger in your life. And again, all throughout Scripture, all throughout the Bible, we're given these little principles on how we should live our daily lives. And we don't have to wonder. We don't have to wonder about this. We don't have to wonder, should I be honest? Yes, you should be honest. That's what the Bible talks about that. Should I be patient? I've had people tell me before, you know what, I'm just, I'm not a patient person. God didn't make me patient. And it, should I be patient? Yeah, you should still be patient because the Bible talks a whole lot about being patient with other people in our lives. Should I be generous? Absolutely, you should be generous with your time, with the gifts God has given to you, with the resources. We've been in this daring faith campaign for the last few weeks and and so many of you this is unbelievable so many at Parkview so many have been generous in in giving back did you know as a church collectively all of our campuses we've pledged for the next couple of years over 30 million 31 million dollars to grow God's kingdom 
forward. That's incredible. And so many understand what it means to, it's going to be cool to see what God does. But there's also, here's my guess, and I'm not sure who exactly this would apply to, but here's my guess over the last few weeks. Even though we've been talking about daring faith and taking a step out and being generous, there's probably some of you who have just had this kind of conversation going in your mind saying, but should I be generous? Should, should I do that? And, and maybe not should I, maybe you know you should, but maybe can I? I mean, honestly, I, can I be generous to that? Because if I'm really generous towards a campaign like that, then I don't know what I'll do with my mortgage. Or I don't know, I, my car payment, I, I don't know how I would do both with my car payment or with my school loans or, or something like that. And here's what I just want to say to you. I want to set your mind at ease. When you decide to get inside God's guardrails of his moral provision for your life, and, and one of those being generosity, when you decide to do that, I promise you, God will bless you. God will bless you in your life. And he wants you to be generous and to me to be generous with what he's given. God's moral plans for our life are very, very clear. So let's bring both of these together. If you're taking notes, take a moment and write this down in your notes. Bring these two thoughts together. The only way to discover God's personal plan for your future, <clears throat> which is what we're talking about today, our future, my future, the only way to discover God's personal plan for your future is to first understand God's providential and moral plans for your future. If, if you want to know what he wants you to do specifically in his very best personal plan for you, you first got to understand what he's up to providentially and morally. And here's the thing. I regularly get in conversations with people at church, at Starbucks, at airports, people who are having problems discovering God's personal plans. Or maybe not just discovering them, but having confidence. You know what I mean? We think we know what God wants, but I'm not confident it may just be me and the reason I think sometimes we have problems having confidence and discovering God's personal specific plans is because we are willfully living outside of God's providential or moral plans for our lives and let me just kind of show you what this looks like on another screen can we have one more screen like a blank screen there we go let me draw this out one more time for you here's God's providential plans right Here's God's personal plans for us in between there. And here's God's moral plans we've talked about. We want to know God's personal plan, his specific plan. Where should I move? Should I buy this car? Should I date this person? Should I marry this person? We want to know all these things. But what happens is we have a difficult time running into those and finding those because sometimes we are willfully living out here. This is where we're living our lives sometimes, outside the moral boundaries that we already know God has given to us. And so let me just ask you this, how, how likely, if we're living out here and traveling out here and we know we're outside God's moral bounds for our life, if we're living out here, how likely are we to run into God's personal specific plans in here? Not very likely. And that's why I say we need to move our lives inside these guardrails. <clears throat> Let me give you just a real example of this. We'll just leave this up here for a minute so you can see it. Uh, several years ago, 
I had this couple in our church. They were in their early 30s, uh, Southern California. They had met in our church, and, and I loved both of these people. And, and they had met, and they had fallen in love, and they had, were deciding to get married in a couple of years. And so they made an appointment with me, and they came, and they talked to me in my office. I can still remember it like it's yesterday. They're sitting there on this leather couch in, in my office, and they're telling me you know, all about their love for each other. And they say, we want to tell you God's plan that he has given us for our life. And, and they begin to lay out how uh, both of them have had difficulty keeping their job and they haven't made enough money and, and they're, both of them have these leases on uh, townhomes and, and it's just too much, they can't afford them. So here's what they've done. Here's what God has led them to do. They've decided to do. They both let go their leases. They've got out of their mortgage and their leases and they've combined their money and they're moving into an apartment together. And they're going to save their money for the next couple years. They're going to live together in this apartment. And a couple of years from now, they're going to get married. And they are just so excited. And they're sitting there telling me about this plan that God has given them for their lives. And they look at me and they say, isn't this cool? What do you think, Todd? <laughs> and I can remember looking at him saying, listen, man, I love you guys. It's so cool to see you meeting here at the church and, and wanting to be married and all of that sort of stuff. But here's the thing. I just, I'm not sure this could possibly be God's best plan for you and his specific plan for you because in my mind, I'm thinking you're living outside God, God's moral parameters for your life. In the Bible, we're told to flee sexual uh, immorality and we're told to flee temptation. Timothy tells us that we should flee temptation, not flirt with temptation. Amen? And let me tell you something. You know this, Parkview. You're smart. But if you are in love with somebody, attracted to them, and you are living in the same apartment with them, there's going to be some temptation. And you should not flirt with that. You should flee that. You should not be around that. And, and so I, it was pretty easy for me to see this is probably not God's best plan for your life because it's outside of God's moral parameters for your life. And, you know, we continued on from there and they, you know, took that advice and that counsel. And the good news is, you know, make a long story, medium length, um, we, we got them some money, you know, and they got into, you know, their own places, and then we got them married, you know, like uh, three months later really quick, you know, not, not two years, because sometimes, you know, waiting two years is a long time, so, you know, it worked, it, it worked out, and, and here's what happens a lot of times in, in my life, and, and maybe for some of you who have been Christians or walking alongside God for a, a while, this happens to you, but sometimes people come to me and they want counsel on their marriage or their finances or a business or their kids or grandkids and I, I, I'm able to give them this counsel and, and when I get done people look at me and they, and they think you know, wow Todd you are so smart and here's what I want to say to you listen I am not that smart I'm just not I am not that smart but here's what I am Here's what I am, part of you. I, I, I have gotten familiar. This is my little Bible that I carry around with me everywhere, and I just read it wherever I'm at around town, in the car, coffee shops, airplanes, wherever. And, and what I have done, I'm not that smart, but what I have done is I've read enough of the Bible over the years that I am pretty familiar with the providential plans of God. I kind of know what God's up to. I know where he's headed with this world. 
I'm also pretty familiar with God's moral plans for our life. I can't tell you where every single chapter and verse is. I can tell you a lot of them, but I don't know where all of them are, but I know those boundaries. I know God's moral plan for our lives. I've gotten familiar with that over the years. So when somebody comes to me and asks for counsel about some specific thing in their life, I can pretty much tell if they're inside those guardrails or not, and I can give them pretty good sound advice on whether or not that's God's best plan for their life. So here's the question, Parkview. Once you get inside those guardrails and you're living inside them passionately, everybody say passionately. Passionately. Now notice I didn't say perfectly because how many of you know you're never going to live perfectly inside the guardrails, amen? You're, you're gonna, the car's going to go off the road, from time to time. You're going to bounce outside the guardrail sometimes. But when you're living passionately with all your heart, trying to live inside God's moral and providential plans for this world, then how do you know? Honestly, then how do you know? If, is this really God? Or is this just me and my heart and my desires? Here's what I want to do. I want to give you three questions as we wrap this thing down today, three questions that you can ask when you believe you're getting inside those guardrails, that you, three questions you can ask that'll give you confidence in knowing that this is God's best plan in leading in your life. Here's question number one. Have I taken time to pray or am I rushing into things? Have I taken some time to pray or am I rushing into things? Sometimes as human beings, we rush into decisions and we start thinking if I if I don't take this job if, if I don't get married if I if I don't make this move right now I'm gonna miss the opportunity that's what we think sometimes and here's what I want to say to you Parkview listen if God is in it it can wait a minute okay if God is in it it can wait a minute would you read that with me out loud like you're preaching to somebody? If God is in it, it can wait a minute. It just can't. I promise you, again, whether you've been in church for decades or just a few hours, I promise you, God is not setting up in heaven, looking down at your life right now, this weekend, saying, oh, you better marry him. You better hurry up and get that done because there aren't any more guys like him. I got no more guys like him. You better get him quick. I promise you, ladies, I promise you that is not what God is doing. I promise you if you're in the market for a car, God's not looking down going, you better get the car. You had better get that car this weekend because if you don't get that car, the cars are gone. I got no more cars. I can't hold this together forever. You know, that, that, that's, that's not what God's thinking. That's not what he's doing. He can hold things together. There's no doubt about it. And, and what I would say to you is if God is in it, it can wait a minute and, and take some time to slow down, to, to get away, spend some time in prayer. And when I say this, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to slow down and wait for, for weeks or months, but maybe just a few hours or days, just get away and, and, and see if you're rushing into things. Spend some time in prayer and God will hold that together. That's question number one. Question number two, do my friends and family agree or do they think I'm foolish? When I share this plan with them, this idea, God's best for my move, for my career, for my kids, for my marriage, 
Do friends and family agree or think I'm foolish? Listen, any person who doesn't think they need someone's advice is foolish. Is foolish. When you and I are trying to discern God's plan, we need to seek and listen to the advice of our friends and our family who care for us. And, and you know that. That's not new information. I know that to probably anybody this weekend. But here's what oftentimes happens. Here's what oftentimes happens in our lives. We will seek advice, but then we will continue to seek advice until we find the advice we're seeking. Isn't that true? You ever been there in your life? I've been there in my life. I talk to people on a regular basis who are there. They continue to seek advice until they find the advice they're seeking. This happens to me all the time. As a pastor, I have people say, can I make an appointment with you? And they come and make an appointment and we get together and we meet somewhere and they lay out this huge plan for their life, for their family, for their career, everything God's calling them to do in their marriage. And then they look at me and they say, what, what do you think? And sometimes, not always, but sometimes... I have to look at that person because I understand God's providential plans and his moral plans, and I have to look at him and say, listen, man, I love you, but I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not sure that's God's best plan for your life. And I say that to people pretty regularly. And I'm telling you this, whenever I do that, every time I do that, the person always looks back at me. The couple will always look back at me and say, Todd, thank you so much for your concern. Thank you so much for your care. Todd, thank you so much for your wisdom. And listen, people are so polite to me. I think it's because I'm a pastor probably, okay? But then here's what they do. Here's what we do, right? They leave me at the coffee shop, at the office, and they drive right over to one of the friends' house, right? Maybe over to your house. And they say, listen, I want to tell you about God's plan for my life. And I shared it with somebody just a little bit earlier, and they're completely clueless, so I'm coming to you. And I want to talk to you about it, because maybe you will understand what God is doing in my life. And so, so they lay their whole plan out to you, and they tell you what God's wanting them to do and stuff like that, right? And, and maybe you look back at them and say, you know what, I, I just don't know. I'm not sure that that's God's plan for your life. And they say, thank you so much. I'm, I'm so thankful you're a good friend. Thanks for saying that. And then what do they do? They go to another friend. And they go to another friend. And another friend. And another friend. And finally, after like 16 people... They find somebody who agrees with their plan. Maybe you've been there, and, and what do you always do? What does this person always do? They always do this. They always say, ha-ha, I knew it. I knew all along I was right. I knew this was God's plan for my life. And I would say to you, maybe it's not so much God's plan. Maybe you just found someone else crazy enough to believe your plan for your life. That's what happens sometimes. We need to not only listen to advice, but we, or seek advice, but we need to be willing to listen to the advice that we are given back by those friends and family. And then here finally, here's the third question you can ask. Does this plan agree with Scripture or contradict it? This thing I believe that God's called me to do, does it agree with Scripture or contradict it? Let me tell you something. God's Word will never contradict his plans for your life. It just won't. God is never going to lead you to do something in the future that he has already been opposed to or spoken against in the past. He's just not. So here, here's the deal. 
Here's the deal, Parkview, and this is kind of bringing it all together, and, and this is so simple, but it's true, and if you're taking notes, you know, if you zoned out 20 minutes ago, come back, okay, come back. Um, <clears throat> take, get this, get, get this, okay? If, here, here's the thing. If you want to know, if you want to know God's plans for your future, here's how you do it. This is going to be so simple, it's so simple, some of you won't want to do it. Here's what you do. You saturate yourself with Scripture. It's just what you do. You learn, not, not in just, you can't saturate yourself in, in a day or a week. It takes months and years, just on a regular basis. You saturate yourself with Scripture. If you don't want to be up all night worrying about your future and those plans, then saturate yourself with Scripture. Get to know, read the Bible enough, read God's Word enough that you get familiar with His providential plans, what He's up to in the world. So you kind of know if you're inside that guardrail and you're doing the kingdom building like He wants you to be building His kingdom. And, and read the Bible enough to where every so often you come across some of these moral plans of God. Oh, I, I see that God wants me to be honest or he, or he wants me to be healthy or He wants me to be generous or He wants me to be patient. And you start coming across those and you start in your mind getting that side, oh, that's how God wants me to live. And you become familiar with those things and the more familiar you become with those the more in line you will be able to be with his personal specific best plans for your life and not only that here here's the whole key with this you will be able to have confidence hey we're making this move and we feel good about it I'm getting married to him <laughs> and I don't have to think oh man is this just me I know this is what God wants and there's this confidence, there's this excitement when you know you're in the zone with him. And it comes from saturating yourself with scripture. One last thing, you know what God's greatest plan for you in your life is? Whether you're young or old, been in church a lot or just a little bit, God's greatest plan for you in your life is that you would come to know Jesus, his son. That's by far his greatest plan. Where you go to school, he cares about that. What kind of career you're going to, yep. Who you get married to, that's big, that's important. All those things, but the greatest plan, the biggest plan God has for you is that you would come to know Jesus and be baptized into him and give him your life. In the Bible, it says that in all kinds of different places. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Above all these other things that you're dreaming about in your life, who to date, who to marry, what kind of car to drive, where to go to school, where to move, the biggest plan God has for you is to accept his son Jesus and I would just say to you today many of you have done this but some of you have been around Parkview for a lot of months maybe you've been around Parkview for a lot of years and you're really trying to learn the Bible and you really want you really want to honor God and his plans and your family and your marriage you're trying to raise your kids up to know Jesus but here's what's crazy for some of you you have yet to yield to that very first thing he wants for your life, and that is to know Jesus in your own life and to be baptized into him. You know what baptism is, right? It's just you picturing with your life what Jesus did on the cross. Here he is on the cross. He's buried in the tomb, and he raises up to a new life. Here's you in the water. You're buried in the water, and you raise up again to a new life. It's you saying, I want a picture with my life what Jesus did with his. I want to be part of that plan. Amen? Maybe this weekend... You need to do that and start the first step down that path of his plans for your life. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to give you some time to think about this. We're going to sing a song. We're going to have a song sung over us that's amazing just to give you some time to think about what God wants to speak in your heart and life. Let's pray together. God, thank you for today. <clears throat> thank you for the opportunity we have.
together in a place like this and spend time singing and just recalibrating our hearts to you and, and also to spend a half hour opening up your word and looking at different verses and understanding God more and more about who you are and what your plans are for this world so that we can get in that zone and get on board with what you're up to and have confidence with the plans and the dreams that we have in our hearts. God, I thank you for this time. God, I pray for any person in this place that really still needs to follow you and accept your son Jesus and be baptized into him. God, I pray that you would just put something in their heart right now that would just press and just pound inside their heart that they know they need to take that step towards you today before all of these other dreams they have they need to step into this dream that you have for their life and their future God thanks for this time thanks for letting us spend some time in study and worship speak to us as we listen to this song it's in Jesus name we pray amen